I make people. I make the intern twins with me. <laughs> oh, and she loves you. And she was adorable because I was like, "We're wearing the same shirt." <laughs> <laughs> she was so excited about it. She came down and told me, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, we have a picture. <gasps> we should post it on the Facebook group." Like, <laughs> yes, hey, this is us twinsy. I'll have to get her permission. <laughs> twinsy so work. Do interns have rights? I no, I don't feel like I did as an mm-hmm. intern. No. That's part of being an intern. Right. It's like, oh, I just, huh, human rights. <laughs> I feel fantastic, and I never felt as good as how I do right now. Except for maybe when I think of how I felt that day, when I felt the way that I do right now, right now. I feel fantastic, and I never felt as good as how I do right now. Except for maybe when I think of how I felt that day, when I felt the way that I do right now, right now, right now. Yay! I'm, I'm Emily. And I'm Claire. And we are hanging out today and talking about kids needing therapy. So this idea comes to us from my friend Marianne. Um, hi, Marianne. So thank you for uh, letting us know about this topic. And if you guys have any topics in the future that you want covered, let us know. Send us a message. Hmm. Join the discussion group and talk about it. Um we're always like open to new ideas and like what we can discuss. If you have, it's kind of like your own personal ask a therapist. Oh, so. that's a cool idea. Yes. Use and abuse us. Give us some yeah. ideas. And then we get to practice boundaries. Yes. <laughs> By saying, no, we're not going to do like, that. Never mind. So, <laughs> yeah. So what do we see them? Cause you work with kids, right? Claire? Yes. And I work with some kids. Um, majority of the population I work with is our adults, but I do have some kiddos on my caseload. Um, and I think this could go for adolescents too, because I think a lot of yeah, a I lot of adolescents too. A lot of it's parents kind of wonder bad. about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so kids slash adolescents. Mm-hmm. So if you have birthed them, we can talk about this. There we go. Yes, or not birthed them, adopted them. Yes, fostered them, love them in some capacity. Right, as if you call them your own. Right, then we're good to go. Yeah. Okay. Cool. What do we usually see kiddos for? So the main things that I have encountered have been definitely oppositional defiant disorder. I have seen that one's fun. Uh, Anxiety, depression, definitely some kiddos that are dealing with some trauma from divorces or or other issues that have come up in their lives that are just tough. That they look back on their little life and that stuff that they're still kind of dealing with or still tough for them. Bullying. Yes. Bullying is a big thing. Um, just changes in life is difficult. I've, I've noticed that a lot of my adolescents going from elementary school to middle school, for some reason, throws them off big uh-huh. time. And I would say then now those adolescents also kind of struggle with the transition from middle school to high school. Absolutely. Big transitions. Because those, I mean, different schools always going to a bigger school. Mm-hmm. Those are big transitions as well. Yeah. Um, I also see kiddos with some ADHD stuff. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that comes up a lot. Uh-huh. And then some kiddos have just a lot of different things going on, which uh-huh. is always fun. Yay! Yes, yes it is. Yeah, so um how would we how would you know as a parent when your kid when does your kid need therapy? You know, so obviously, you know, you're parenting your kiddo, you're doing your best and your kiddo's just got stuff going on, whether it's transition issues, whether they've been bullied, or maybe they're just nervous and they worry a lot, mm-hmm. or maybe you find that they're just really sad and kind of isolating and pulling away from the family. Um, how do you know, like, when it kind of is that line that you're like, okay, 
we need some intervention. We need, we need another person in our, in our circle. And I think that's, I know that's what a lot of parents kind of come in. I was talking to Emily about this earlier that I've had so many parents that that's kind of what their leading in statement is when they come to counseling is, I don't know if my kid needs therapy, but, and then that's kind of when they start telling you all the issues they're having. I think, um, it's, if you have kids that are having a lot of these types of issues that are coming up and the symptoms of some more serious stuff, then that can get overwhelming as a parent. Mm -hmm. If you've already done some research on some things, but you're still not able to reach them, a lot of times kids also just want to talk to somebody else other than their parents. That's sometimes easier. When you feel like it's kind of gotten to a point where you're not able to reach them or handle the situation, that's a really good place to start with some counseling as well, just to get some resources and support as Mm -hmm. a parent Mm -hmm. and for your kiddo. Um, so typically when we, when we have kiddos come in for therapy, you know, the parents are usually saying a couple things usually, okay, we've already taken them to therapy. They've been through multiple therapists and Mm -hmm. we just don't know what else to do. Or I have no idea if my kiddo needs therapy, but this is what's going on. Right. Or I don't know. I think those are kind of the main two points is either we've already done the therapy. We're comfortable with it. Let's keep going. Yeah. Or I have no idea what I'm doing and that's okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Both sides are great. Um, so what would your kids usually be displaying that usually is indicative that maybe you need kind of somebody else on your team to help manage your kid's stuff or help you with your kid's stuff or help your kid with their stuff? Uh, when we talk about anxiety, we're talking about they worry all the time. Like kiddos worry about like, well, when are you going to wake up? But when am I going to wake up? Are you waking up sooner than me? Are you going to wake up after me? You know, so kind of that constant questioning, that's a pretty good indication that your kiddo is dealing with some anxiety. Or if they're like, but what time am I going to school? When are you going to, when are you going to work? When are you going to be home? What am I going to eat for dinner? And it's like, okay, we eat dinner every day. We're going to be fine. (laughs) Five days a week, you know? And so it's just that constant worrying. Or if they're not able to sleep because they're up, just being worried about stuff, uh, that's a pretty good indication that your kiddo needs some therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, depression, how it looks like in kiddos. Um, what do you see? I see a lot of acting out, and I think that because it's different for adults, yeah. um, they don't typically, sometimes they think, oh, I, my kid's just being a, a jerk, or they're having some issues here. Like, it, why do I have a jerk? Yeah, why are you being a turd all of a sudden? No, they might be dealing with some depression. That's the way that they're, because they have a difficult time with expressing emotions, um, or a lot of things, either verbally or just being able to kind of get that out, that might be a way that they're expressing it, and that can really throw parents for a loop. Um, so that's typically something they might be tearful. Um, I think a lot of kids are isolating. Uh, I see, especially with kiddos and adolescents, a lot of times they're doing a lot of things to escape, um, that with anxiety or depression, they're doing a lot of screen time, which doesn't necessarily mean they have depression or anxiety, but you see that pretty consistently that they just want to escape from life. And so they're going to be on their phones a lot. They're going to be watching movies, playing video games, whatever. Uh, I see that, um, pretty consistently with with females and males mm-hmm. yeah um and then also with depression so so there's definitely that acting out piece um there is that more tearful um and i think where that kind of differs from um like adult depression so adult depression they usually like 
you know, are really sad, can't get out of bed, and that may not be the case for the kiddo. The kiddo may just be struggling and cannot handle transitions at all. Mm-hmm. That's another one I see is that it's like, okay, we got to get up and go to school. And it's like, Whoa! and it's yeah. this massive meltdown. And it's like, dude, I just asked you to put your shoes on. <laughs> yeah, it's like, not that big of a deal. What the heck? Yeah. Uh, so if they're struggling with the transitionary piece, that can also be indicative of, of something going on. Um, ADHD. So a couple different types of ADHD. So there's a ten of or inattentive type and hyperactive. hyperactive. Yeah. I'm like I'm staring clearly <laughs> in my mind. What's going on here? So <laughs> hyperactive is usually what you think of when you think of ADHD because yes. you think of the kiddo not being able to sit still no matter what. They're bouncing off the walls. They just can't focus. They can't concentrate. They're just da 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 da. Yeah. Uh, inattentive type is a little bit harder to diagnose because it looks like they're just kind of like like checked out or kind of just like whatever. So it's not that they're bouncing off, but they really just cannot focus. Yeah. They can't finish, finish a task. They're going from one thing to another. A lot of times there can be a lot of anxiety with ADHD also and self-esteem issues that come along with that because they're not able to, to do well in school, maybe just because they can't concentrate or they have forgotten everything you've just told them two seconds ago. Yes. Bloop. It's gone because their mind has gone somewhere else. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I think is really interesting, so when we're dealing with kiddos, um, maybe that who, who have had maybe some traumatic events in their mm-hmm. lives, um, they may be dealing with uh, some post-traumatic stress disorder. Right. And in kiddos, PTSD and ADHD really, really look very similarly. Mm-hmm. Because when kiddos are traumatized, they can't pay attention, they can't focus, they can't finish tasks, they can't ever just on edge and just kind of like going. Yeah, their mind is always going. They might also have difficulty sleeping because of that, because they're worrying or stressing out about things mm-hmm. at nighttime. So, yeah, that becomes difficult, too. Yeah. So, um, I think that's just always something good to know, because I think, you know, especially, like, in the school system or whatever, I mean, people are just like, oh, they have ADHD. And it's like, well, maybe, mm-hmm. but maybe not. Yeah. And I think another piece that's really not addressed, and I know that it's been done in earlier podcasts, is some kiddos just have some sensory processing issues right. that mimic anxiety, depression, PTSD, mm-hmm. ADHD, and really it's just they cannot handle sensory stuff. And so working with a therapist, and if you think if it's more sensory, you know, the therapist can refer you to an occupational therapist or somebody else who can kind of assess for that as well. Um, but usually kiddos who have sensory processing also are dealing with some anxiety because it's such an overwhelming <laughs> yes. thing. You know, if, Absolutely. if you can't handle how your shirt feels on you, that's mm-hmm. going to cause you some anxiety. Absolutely. I think another good rule of thumb also is that if you're thinking, I don't know if this is a parenting thing or if my kid is really having a difficult time with something that's mental health related, if they're being affected in several areas of their life, yeah. or if, if it's just at home, there it might be kind of a parenting um type of issue or some patterns that are in the family there. But if they're, you're hearing from a teacher that they're having difficulties, they're having difficulty making friends or maintaining friendships or at church, they're having a hard time uh, at sports, whatever. If you're seeing that that's kind of affecting them in a lot of different areas of their life, that might be telling you something as well. Mm-hmm. And one thing that we didn't really kind of discuss yet is that oppositional defiant disorder. Yes. And we do see that a lot mm-hmm. in our clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you know if your kiddo is one of those oppositional defiant kiddos? What does that look like? So with oppositional defiant disorder, I love that breath. I know. It's like, oh, geez. 
because I love, <laughs> I love some of these kiddos, but they tend to be the ones that are kind of tough to love. Um, I think the things that you're going to see a lot of with these kids is they're really pushing the boundaries more than children their age. It's, it's always something a little bit more than is age appropriate or developmentally appropriate. It's going to be breaking the rules. Um, so it's, you're going to see things where they have difficulty maybe with some authority figures. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's kind of acting, and that one is also going to be more than one area of their life. So if it's just with parents, but at school they're an angel, it's probably not going to be, or in different areas, they can totally maintain friendships, fine. That's not going to maybe be it. I have to look into that a little bit more, but that's going to be an issue is when they're having difficulties with friends, they're um, kind of pushing the boundaries of those individuals and really just kind of irking you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's even and you're a really like, why is good way to say it? Jerk. Yes. If you have that feeling yes. and you're feeling like, okay, why is my kid kind of a jerk at home? Why is mm -hmm. my kid kind of a jerk at school or at church or at Girl Scouts or Boy Scouts or yeah. I mean in, in different areas you may be dealing with some oppositional defiant because right. they just they really do they just push those boundaries mm -hmm. with in so many different areas right and it's just like are you kidding me <laughs> no one can bring them in line so it's that's kind of what you're dealing with probably there mm -hmm. so okay so they come to therapy uh, get assessed and, you know, you and the therapist, and it's really important that you have time with the therapist to discuss what's going on with your kiddo. Mm -hmm. um, whether it's at the beginning of the session or at the end of the session um, of the intake, it's really important that you and the therapist have a chance to touch base and be like, okay, here are my concerns. This is what I'm seeing. And then um, after you've worked with the therapist and the therapist's like, yeah, your kid's got some stuff. Let's figure it out. Let's make some treatment goals. Let's learn some, some coping strategies and how to increase their functioning in the world. Um, then we got to decide, okay, what's your role as a parent? Because, you know, so often I think parents have this idea of like, okay, cool. My kid's in therapy. They're going to go like once a week, <laughs> maybe like twice a week. Right. Or maybe once every couple weeks or whatever. And that's what's going to happen. And it's going to yeah. be great because they're going to figure it out. The therapist is just going to magically fix them. <laughs> I won't have to do anything. What a load off. Yeah. yeah. Which would be awesome in real life. Absolutely. I wish I had that power. That'd oh, be super cool. Right? <laughs> I would love that. Yeah. Because it's like more often than not, like we really do just wish that what we do in that hour, 45 minutes to an hour, once a week or once every other week would have, would be enough to help them make mm -hmm. significant changes, but that's not really the case. Right. So what do you suggest for these parents? Um, I really like it when, and I have to say that most parents that I deal with are really fantastic about this. Um, and it might just come down to they don't know what therapy really looks like if they've never been in it themselves or never taken a child before. But it's really fantastic when the parent will take the time to come and meet with the therapist for a few minutes, like you said, and just learn, hey, this, these are some coping skills that we went over, and then implement them in the time in between sessions. Um, so I think asking any questions that you have, but then really trying to learn how you can support your kiddo is really, really important. Now, with adolescents, I know we're really talking about 
with children, but that gets a little bit trickier with adolescents Mm -hmm. because a lot of times, and I think this is nice to be respectful of that, um, adolescent, especially the older they get to say, Hey, this is their time. I want them to feel like they can just come in here and really talk about some issues that they're having. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also do think it is important to have that communication still with a therapist of how can I support my child? Um, it might be giving them a little bit less information about what's been spoken about, um, if the parent's okay with that, because legally they can have all the information they want, but um, it would be just being able to know how to support their child and then mm-hmm. following through with that, because that's, I think, the biggest component that doesn't get followed through. A lot of parents have, like all of us, have really good intentions for their, the children that they love, but life happens and yeah, and they don't follow through. Right. And it's um, not only a new behavior or a new pattern for the kiddo, but it's also a new behavior and pattern for the adult. Absolutely. Because, you know, the parent has to be like, okay, look, we're going to try this strategy where mm-hmm. every night we do X, Y, and Z. Um, for example, like with kiddos, when they have trouble sleeping, you know, with anxiety or whatever, they may have to really buckle down on like a sleep hygiene routine or a mm-hmm. sleep structure mm-hmm. so that their kiddo has that consistent, reliable routine and to start that when you haven't really had that before, I mean, seriously, it's really hard to start <laughs> really any hard. new behavior. I mean, yes. we all have that issue, right? But how we can best support that kiddo is, is if we do take that time to be like, okay, look, it is me and the therapist working together as a team with the kiddo. It's, mm-hmm. it's all of us working together exactly. to make sure that the kiddo is supported as best we can, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I really do like that idea that that, you know, the parent does have that check-in time of like, hey, how can I support my kiddo? Yeah. What can I do to make sure that my kiddo is reaching their goals? Mm-hmm. And, you know, with that adolescent, the conversation can be different than with the younger child. Right. But it right. is definitely a conversation that needs to happen. Um, I think what's hard is when the parent isn't asking the therapist, the therapists, well, at least for me, especially like with adolescents and stuff, you know, like let's just say the adolescent comes without their parent to sessions, which happens a lot. Absolutely. Um, and then I don't hear from the parent for a while. I don't actually think of like, oh, I need to call this parent. I think I do the same thing. Yeah. Because <laughs> I get exactly busy or I get distracted or whatever. <clears throat> um, and then I just assume which we all know how great assuming is. <laughs> I just assume that the kid's going to go and talk to their parent about what they did in therapy. Right. But I can't guarantee that follow-up. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, don't be afraid to ask the therapist what's going on. Right. You have every right to know what's going on in treatment. Maybe not super, like... In depth or in, in great depth, detail. Just to give your kiddo still that privacy and space to, mm-hmm. like, figure stuff out. But you do have every right to know, okay, what's going on? What are maybe some strategies you guys are working on? Exactly. And again, how can I help support my kiddo? Um, yeah, putting in that work, it's tough. Oh my gosh. And I think also when you put, again, with all of that, I have other children that might not be experiencing the same issues, but let's say we're going to have no screen time an hour before we go to sleep to try to help someone get to bed or get rest. Maybe the other kids have to change their routine too, and that might be really tough. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I think that comes up, which I have to say again, most of the parents that I work with are friggin' fantastic with this, but being able to kind of be humble enough that when a therapist does give some advice on, hey, this might, this Changing how you're parenting might also help this child um, and being able to say, hey, that's great. I'll try this and not kind of maybe thinking you know better or 
Right. There isn't one way to do everything. I totally get that. But taking some advice and then at least trying it for a consistent amount mm-hmm. of time would be great. And I think, you know, a lot of times as parents, we kind of get in this place of like, but I know my child best. Which exactly. is absolutely true. You yes. Do. You mm-hmm. do know your parent best or your child best, but maybe there's other techniques. And there's other tactics. Mm -hmm. And even if you think of like, okay, parenting books, how many parenting books are there? (laughs) Right. So many parenting books, you know, and, and one style of parenting isn't going to work for every child. And Mm -hmm. so, and so even if you have, well, at our home, we do love and logic. Well, yeah, but that may not work for your kiddo. Your kiddo may need more of like a one, two, three magic style Mm -hmm. or maybe of like a, oh, what is that? Any other style. Yeah. I was going to say something brilliant there. Yeah. So being, being open and being humble to that, like, oh yeah, maybe I don't actually have all the answers or maybe there are other ways and I could benefit from learning other ways. Exactly. And I think that kind of goes into our other area of, you know, giving you guys pointers as parents, like how can you find the right therapist for your kiddo? And then what can you do to not only support your kiddo, but support yourself and support your family Mm -hmm. during this process? I think the biggest thing is when you decide that your your kiddo may need to be assessed for therapy, making sure you find the right therapist. Right. What would that look like? Obviously, I, I wish I could say that you could go to whomever you would like to go to, but there's limitations, obviously, with mm-hmm. um, in- insurance. Um, and so one really great way that you can do that is to just go online to your health provider's website and see if there are providers that that specialize in a specific age group, whether it is children, whether it is adolescents or specific issues. It's really great when you have someone that you think, wow, they probably, they've been assessed by the school counselor and they're referring them to get some counseling outside of school, for instance. Finding someone that specializes in ADHD, that would be great. You can really get it honed in on specific things that you need. Some people are even certified in doing certain types of therapy like play therapy or sand tray therapy, and that's even really fantastic. So just finding someone and utilizing your health provider provider's website to find the person that's going to be right for your kiddo. Another thing is once you go and venture out there and find a therapist and choose one, you're not married to that therapist. Um, if your kid does come out and say, I don't like them. I think I'd rather have someone this age or this gender, or they were weird or whatever. Maybe, yeah, I don't don't like that. That's weird. Listen to your kid because you're paying for it and they're probably not going to open up too much if that continues maybe suggest they go a few times, but you'll know pretty quickly if that's not a good fit for your kid, mm-hmm. get them somewhere, someone else. That would yeah. be totally great. And a lot of people are rated or they've had the reviews written about them. I even utilize that sometimes for myself. Mm-hmm. So that's, that can come in handy if that is even an option. Yeah. And another pointer for parents is child therapy, play therapy, or therapy for kids looks really different oh, absolutely. than therapy for adults. You know, you can't ask a five, six, seven year old to come in and be like, so tell me what you're feeling. No, let's do totally talk therapy right now. That's, that's nah. just not going to work. It doesn't work developmentally or it just doesn't work for these kiddos. And so when you do take your kiddo to a therapist, you know, don't be surprised if they come out with some sort of art project <laughs> or they talk yes. about the toys they played with, because it's, even though it looks like they're just playing, 
playing as kids work. Yes. That's how the kids process their world and that's how they figure out their world. And so even though it looks like maybe it was just you paid X amount for a 45 <laughs> right. minute art session, <laughs> they're actually doing real therapy. Yeah. And they're utilizing that space to create a safe place for your kiddo to open up and to process it in a way that kids need to process it. Yeah, I can't tell you how much of that is my worst therapy. I mean, my worst therapy. My worst fear is when a kid comes out of therapy, and I mean, the parent doesn't know me that well, and so I want them to think that I know exactly what I'm doing, or I'm I'm really good at what I'm doing. And their kid bumps. I'm like, we played a game, and I'm going, it was therapeutic. Hello. <laughs> and in that game, we worked on boundaries. Yes. <laughs> you know, and I I have that fear too that you know that the parents are gonna be like, oh, so you like just play trust yeah. with my kid. Right. <laughs> well, yes, but in that we worked on sharing right. and we worked on challenging that anxiety and, and all that stuff. So, so don't, don't be afraid or don't be fearful if you're just like, uh, why does my kid just like have glue all over their hands? When they I can up? do that for free. Right. right. I buy glue at the dollar store and we're fine. You know, so it, it, it does look very different and it feels very different. Yes, absolutely. So, and your kiddo, after they leave therapy, they may be a little bit raw, like as far yeah. as emotionally, because they do hard work in that session. They do hard work in the office. And so it may be that therapy days, they kind of have some downtime afterwards too. And you allow that space for them to just kind of be. And if they want to talk about it, obviously, you know, if you, I would encourage you to ask them about their session, like, Hey, how was it? You know, were you, did you, do you want to share anything with me or tell me about what you learned or, you know, but if they don't want to talk about it right then, respect that. Absolutely. I think that's a really good point. I, I'm glad that you brought that up because I think that's probably really important for those those kids, even little kids, to feel like that's kind of their time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of kids do open up and will tell things to their parents, and they want their parent to know and be involved. But yeah, if they need a little bit of space, mm-hmm. respect that space. That's important. Yeah, and how I've set it up with um, with my kiddo um, when he went to started going to therapy, you know, before his first appointment, I said, you know, you're going to talk about a lot of stuff or you're going to work on a lot of stuff. And if you want to tell me about any of it, you totally can, but you don't have to. That's awesome. And setting that up, that expectation up before that they know that they can talk to you about it if you want or they want, but you aren't going to force the issue. Um, but you can always get feedback from the therapist too. So if if you're just like, my kid just Mm-mm. doesn't want to say anything about it, then definitely talk to the therapist and be mm-hmm. like, hey, yeah, my kiddo's kind of closed off after therapy. Is there anything I can do to support the kiddo? Exactly. So That's probably a good way to go. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, just, but just respecting and, and validating that kiddo's experience because like, seriously, if, if you are doing your own personal therapy, you know that sometimes after therapy, you don't want to say a word. You're just like, <laughs> I'm going to go get me a diet Coke and I'm not going to talk to I'm you. I'm taking a party. nap and crying. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I just want to cry and maybe I just want to watch Netflix. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. And, and so kiddos, even though their therapy looks different, they're still working at stuff just like you do in your therapy. Mm-hmm. Another pointer is maybe be open to looking at your own therapy during oh, the yeah. time. Because mm-hmm. usually when our kiddos are in therapy, that is going to trigger something in us as parents. And we're like, oh gosh, 
you know, and so, and being open to, okay, maybe I, this is a time that I can figure out my own stuff. Oh yeah. I think if your child has been dealing with something for quite some time, it's probably been taking a toll on you as well. So you might need to just be able to go somewhere and talk those things out, learn some skills also from your own therapist. Why not? That's fantastic use of your time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that, I think that's really important. Yeah. And, and make sure that, you know, you're working through any kind of guilt or shame that comes with, um, having your kid go to therapy because Mm -hmm. a lot of parents, you know, that we work with, they come in and they're like, but I, but I tried so hard to like help my kiddo and I just couldn't. And so there is kind of some of that guilt. There is that shame and there is just kind of that process. And so uh, being open as a parent to maybe this is a good time to just do my own work as well. Exactly. So the take home message, when in doubt, kind of just go to a therapist, have them assess, and therapists will tell you if they don't feel like your kid needs therapy. Yeah. It's totally, absolutely, 100% unethical to just, yeah, I'm going to take your money and see your kid, but we're just going to be chilling in here and literally just playing games. No, that's not. We're totally okay with being very honest about, no, this is pretty age appropriate and I, I can give you a few tips here and there, but they don't really need it. Yeah, exactly. And that you don't need full blown therapy or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Or we will tell you like, no, from talking to this kiddo, there's some real need for this. And this is going to be our treatment plan going forward. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so when in doubt, let's get him assessed. Um, make sure that they are a good fit for your kiddo and make sure that they actually do appropriate therapy for your kiddo, whether it's a younger kid, so they need play therapy Mm -hmm. or they specialize in adolescence, whatever you need to make sure that they're going to be working on what you need them to work on and what the kiddo needs to work on. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I'd like to thank Claire again for joining us and hanging out. Thank you. This is fun. I'm glad that she's now one of the regulars (laughs) and we'd like to just invite you to follow us on Instagram at mental health moment. Follow us on Facebook, Mental Health Moment. Um, our Facebook discussion group it has a little bit of activity, but we need to kind of up that. So please go on and join that. Um, we'd like to thank Jonathan Colton for the music. And make sure to subscribe and review. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. I feel fantastic. And I never felt as good as how I do right now. Except for maybe when I think about I felt that day. When I felt the way that I do right now. Right now. I feel fantastic. And I never felt as good as how I do right now. Except for maybe when I think about I felt that day. When I felt the way that I do right now. Right now. Right now.